What is up, party people? <laughs> it is Josh or Brit Edit. And I'm Brit Digital uh, or Dalton. This is great. I love this. Is this our new permanent sign-on? What is up, party people? Is that it? Oh, absolutely. Gotcha. All right, no, cool. I'm down with that. This is the partition where all we do is sit at home and watch bad comic book movies and bad B movies. Right. Well, that's what we do. That's what we do. We uh we broke the mold a little bit today though. We're we're introducing uh an entirely new thing, which is exciting. I like new things, and um, what we're doing is we are calling this the retro review, and today we watched two episodes of Spider-Man the Animated Series from the '90s. I think it's just called Spider-Man, right? They didn't tag on the yeah. Animated. It was just it was just Spider-Man, but I think it's since gone on. Like, people call it the '90s series or Spider-Man the Animated Series. That's there's like 15 of them. They call it the the best Spider-Man series, is what is what it's referred yeah, to. Iconic. And uh, so we decided to go back and watch the original with all this talk of Spider-Verse stuff, right? With all this talk of Toby and Andrew coming back and all that's going on, we decided to go back and watch the original Spider-Verse, which is the last two episodes of the 90s Spider-Man series, Spider Wars, uh, which kind of spanned across the multiverse and and stuff. So it was a two-parter. It's on Disney Plus if you want to check it out and then come back and watch this or listen to this, whatever you're doing. Or if you just want to hear us talk about it because you don't care, that's also fine. But whatever you do, make sure that you watch (laughs) this. Um, I guess we can start with a rundown of the Spider-Men who were involved, and I'm looking on the, uh, the, the, the wiki for that page, and it's just got them credited as Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Scarlet Spider, Spider-Man, 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 Madam Web, and the Beyonder. So that's, it's, it's great. Well, yeah, so, um, yeah, like Don said, this, this was the last ever aired episode uh they did actually do they technically did a series four the the screenwriter like just put out the scripts that they had so that people could you know make it up in their minds which makes Um, sense it does end on kind of a cliffhanger but i guess we'll get there eventually but yeah 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 we're not gonna start the end this isn't a christopher nolan movie right this is not pulp fiction um so we we enter the episode and peter is brought to this new world of chaos by the beyonder a person who, if you haven't watched the previous episode, you probably have no clue who he is. Right. Uh, all you really need to know is he's an interdimensional being who can take people to other realities. Yeah, the show kind of went off the rails in its third season. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it, it was weird watching it after like starting it recently, because the first few episodes are just kind of like, Oh no, Mary Jane's going to get kidnapped by her ex-boyfriend. And then the final episode is literally, We need to stop this man from destroying all of reality. <laughs> Right, like we were said, off the rails for sure. But um, kind of context leading up to this, I don't know if you were going to go into this or not. But context leading up to this was uh, 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 Secret Wars, but uh, it's only Spider-Man. But I'm pretty sure the rest of the Avengers came up. But Spider-Man, it was focused by Spider-Man. I don't know, it's really confusing, especially if you go into this episode without seeing any of the rest of it. You're totally lost. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, oh, before, or on the last episode, they just kind of throw you into it. But yeah, so, so you know, our classic Spider-Man arrives in this new world, and he sees New York's in chaos, and the first thing he notices is that J. Jonah Jameson and Robbie are being attacked by both Goblin and Hobgoblin, which was 
kind of weird because Hobgoblin is voiced by Mark Hamill, and that just like flew over my head. Oh, I didn't even so realize he didn't sound. I guess see, no, that's Mar- why I realized because he sounded just like the Joker. <laughs> uh, okay, all right, no, that, that makes sense. Is Hobgoblin in that but series yeah, so- normally voiced by Mark Hamill? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, neat. The thing but that yeah, I so- thought was so funny about that is, it's it's number one. It's always weird to me when I hear somebody else doing Jonah's voice, um, because he was voiced in Spectacular Spider-Man by. J.K. Simmons, and then Ultimate Spider-Man, also by J.K. Simmons. And so it's like, even in cartoons, hearing someone else do that voice always throws me off. But it's also... Yeah, he's got the weird, like, hit the stash instead of the mustache. Right. And they're doing, they're doing radio transmissions over this absolutely demolished New York, which is comical already, because <laughs> there's nobody listening to the radio. I work but in radio, I dead. promise. Everyone's dead. But also, the Daily Bugle in this world is a is is a newspaper, and well, well no, this is they they made it into a radio station called J Three. Okay, okay, that's kind of clever. Yeah, they're, they're turning out. They're try, I think they're trying to get the National Guard, which that's funny to me because when they show New York, it is literally just a pile of rubble. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing. And you think that the National Guard would probably notice by now? <laughs> And is this like a localized to New York thing, or yeah, like you think they wouldn't be able to get it out to like Washington to get the government involved in right. this? Uh, I, yeah, but it's... yeah, it, it, it was weird. Um, yeah, yeah. So Spider-Man flies in. He rescues Robbie, who's just been thrown out of a window. And the <laughs> right. first thing Robbie does, in thanks for this, is he tries to punch Spider-Man um, because there's and he finds out he finds out that Hobgoblin and Goblin were sent there by Spider-Man. Right, and, and and so it, it kind of shows that there's this evil Spider-Man in this universe, and at this time, we don't know what he looks like, but we find out later in the episode, and I did want to talk about this, that he is Spider-Carnage, which I think is really neat, and I want to talk about that more when we get there, but we find out well, that that's he's... The, that's kind of the next scene. He, he, he chases them off, and then Spider-Carnage catches him out of nowhere. Right, and, and so we see Spider-Carnage, which, number one, is a great idea, and I think if they do bring Venom into the MCU, that's absolutely something they could do. Instead of doing um, Venom Spider-Man, since, since Venom in this world is is the protagonist, right? If they bring in Tom Hardy's Venom, since he's a good guy, have the Carnage symbiote attached to Peter, and now you've got that same story. But it's 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 clear that this is a different Spider-Man. So when Robbie sees when Robbie sees Peter and he tries to punch him and then he starts cussing him out or whatever because he's because he's a different because he he's the evil Spider-Man. Wouldn't he know? Like, wouldn't you think that he would see that this is not the same Spider-Man? Because it's very clear. He's like four feet shorter, and he's not wrapped in a in a Carnage symbiote, and he's not even wearing the same costume. I just it that one really threw well, me this, for a loop. This is the recurring like theme over this because spoilers for the rest of the episode. Basically, Spider-Carnage eventually goes to other realities, and he's like, "I'm going to be the Spider-Man at this reality," and you're just kind of thinking. People, would, people are going to catch on because, like, you've got an alien wrapped around you. <laughs> Your face is all like a massive black mouth. It, you sound absolutely insane. Well, that was another thing that got me because because the voice comes over the radio transmission and Peter, our Peter, says that sure does sound like me. And I'm just thinking, it no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, if if it was a completely different voice actor, I wouldn't be surprised. So it's it's like it just doesn't. <laughs> 
did that that yeah it, it's so weird but then so spider carnage faces our peter parker and our peter parker disappears he gets teleported to the madam web dimension and he sees for the first time our spider-verse no it's the same dimension because there's all the rubble around her building she just has a little tiny shop named madam web <laughs> I forgot about that. Part. Yeah, no, it's it's not a different dimension. It's the same dimension. She's just got a little Madame Web shop in in that version of New York. But yeah, he, he sees the new Spider-Man that he's meant to be partnered with, and it's it's like like when okay, so when you think Spider Verse or Spider Man, you think drastically different versions, right? Uh, maybe that's because of the Spider Geddon comic or uh, the actual Spider Verse film, and you think, oh, you know, there's Miles Morales, there's Gwen Stacy, there's all these million Spider-Man 2099, but no, the uh, the five Spider-Men in this reality are: you've got one Spider-Man who has Doc Ock arms for no reason. He just says that he stole them off of Doc Ock, right? Which is cool. I like that. He it's literally just a throwaway line. He's like, "Don't worry about these bad boys. They were just uh, a souvenir." I just from stole my them from my last encounter. <laughs> I just murdered Doc Ock and stole his arms, and it's like, okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> Even though those kind of like mess with your cerebrals or whatever in the yeah, context and, like, of the show. I, I saw that. I was like, wait, was spectacular. Like, was the Spider-Man story where Doc Ock possesses Spider-Man a thing at this time? They just they just gloss over that. He right. he's kind of inconsequential to the episodes. You see another Spider-Man who he, we don't know anything about him. He's Josh, a mystery. I don't want to gloss he, over this. I don't want to gloss over this. Every every other Spider-Man is 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 not important. In this None of them matter, except for our main Peter. And, and Spider-Carnage, none of them matter. No, no. But you see this new, this, this other one who has no powers and no abilities, and he just says this, and everyone goes, oh, okay, and they just move on they with They just their say, lives. oh, so you're useless, and then just ignore the guy. Which is, Yeah, then you've, got, then you've got, like, Mutant Spider-Man, which is something that we see in the animated series. Right, so it's like, and I get what they were what they were doing. This this predates any of the other Spider-Verse stuff we got. I mean, this was the first time we ever saw something like this. So it makes sense that they didn't really have the ideas there yet. Um, and I get they were just trying to make them different. But the one without powers, I want to I want to talk about him for a second cuz once again, we're just going to spoil the whole episode. So at at the end we find out at the end of the second episode, uh, it's a great Stanley cameo. You've probably seen it. But we find out he was a Spider-Man actor from a television series. Uh, a live-action television series, which is not real. It was just in another universe. And we find that out at the very end of the episode. And my thinking when I found that out is just, why did the Beyonder collect the actor who plays Spider-Man to come and defeat a real Spider-Carnage? <laughs> like, Yeah, because he, he does one thing in the episode that kind of helps. But Right, but that, that is... But at the same time, so okay, so he does one thing that kind of helps because the other Spider-Men are all caught up. But then, literally thirty seconds later, the Beyonder goes, "Oh, I can just get rid of the reason that the other Spider-Men are caught up." Right. Well, it's like it would be because the only actor at that time who was being whose name was being thrown around to play Spider-Man because this predates Tobey Maguire would have been Leonardo DiCaprio. So what I want you to imagine is Leonardo DiCaprio coming into this fight against Spider Carnage. And 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 the Beyonder thinking this is a good idea, and then all of the other Spider Men realize that this is a bad idea, and just say, "Yeah, well, you just stay behind. We got this." <laughs> the other five are just like, "No, we got that. We can handle it. You're you're. We don't need you." And then they just leave him yeah, just, there. You're gonna get hurt. 
it, it, yeah. Then, but then we meet the Chad, the ultimate Spider-Man. You meet basically Tony Stark, Spider-Man, which is really who, cool. He, he's he's yeah, super he's a Spider-Man arrogant. who, in his reality, he's a multi-billionaire. And in addition to his own spider powers, he creates an armored suit that you've probably seen. It's like the silver metal one, uh, and he uses that to additionally fight crime. Which is cool. I, I one of the things that's neat is um, like in his world because everybody hates Spider-Man in in the main continuity of the series. But in his Literally world, everybody. <laughs> well, yes, uh, but in his world. Everybody loves him, and also he doesn't have a secret identity, so Peter Parker is just publicly Spider-Man, so he's literally just Iron Man, which is neat. I mean, he's literally, yeah, I mean, he's he, even got he's, lasers he's in his suit. Prick. What was that? He's a complete prick. Oh, yes. No, he's he's the worst out of all of them. He's he's arrogant and all that kind of stuff. But back to the actual plot of the episode. So the, 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 the five Spider-Men, they leave behind actor Spider-Man, they leave behind Tobey Maguire, and they go... <laughs> Not not Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, just actual Tobey Maguire. They leave him behind, and they go to fight Spider-Carnage. Yeah. We should say that this universe is um, Ben Riley's universe. We forgot to introduce that Ben Riley. Ben Riley does feature in the universe, uh, and that Spider-Carnage is either his clone or he's Spider-Carnage's. It, it's very unclear, just like the actual comic book. Right. Um, but yeah, so they, they go off. They go to stop Spider-Carnage, who they've been told is trying to construct a bomb. That will just destroy reality. And it should be noted, he's wearing the the classic, um, the the classic Scarlet Spider suit, and the other Peter in this universe is wearing the second Ben Riley suit, which is the one with the 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 logo that goes the, over the shoulders and all that kind of stuff. So that's neat that they did that there, um, with making this the universe where all that stuff takes place. Uh, but continue. Oh yeah. But yeah, so um. <laughs> I just want to make note of one line that our Spider-Man says. And he goes, this is like a bad comic book plot, which is just my favorite thing that any media does when they reference the uh, the stuff it's based on as being awful. Right. And it's funny because this whole episode is just like a bad comic book plot. Like it's making fun of those, but this episode is, is just as bad. <laughs> but yeah, so they're going to stop Spider-Man who's trying to create... A Dr. Doofenshmirtz device. <laughs> well, okay. And when I said, I literally mean like a wall on the Empire State Building opens up and a giant antenna sticks out of it. And that's, a radio antenna. that's what they're trying to fight against. It's a radio antenna that somehow opens up a portal to other dimensions. And his, his big villain plan, uh, because everybody hates him and he wants to show everybody what it's like to be hated... So his ultimate, he's just an angsty team. Yeah, he is, and his ultimate plan is just to destroy every <laughs> single possible reality. Like you would think, you would leave one so that you could stay alive, but no, no, no. He wants to destroy them like, all. Well, you think like you destroy every reality but your one, so that you could be king. Well, but he wants to die. Like he's trying to commit suicide is what he's doing. They don't say that in the it's, episode, it's but it's very, very hard. <laughs> but there's no other yeah, explanation. Well, yeah, so then, then Madam Web says, like, oh, the Spider-Man that we've been following, you're the leader of this spider group. And obviously, Armored Spider-Man gets really annoyed at this. And he's like, I should be the leader. And she goes, no, we did Secret Wars as a test. And we get a little bit of a flashback to that. But I just, I really wanted to see what Armored Spider-Man's Secret War was like. Was it just him seeing everything going on and being like, oh, I'm out of here and just flying off into space back home? Well, it's like, but, but, probably, 
but it also doesn't make sense for our. Uh, I mean, other than the obvious narrative thing that comes with our Spider-Man being the leader, Ben Riley should absolutely be the leader of this group. Like, there's no reason oh, yeah. he shouldn't be. It's 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 his. Especially since world. he's like he. He even finds out, oh, he might be the real Peter Parker, in which case he's just overcome even more adversity, and he's gone on to be better. And there's, then, just, there's a lot of this that kind of goes over your head when you start thinking about it for more than five seconds. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's a 90s cartoon, but let's continue. We're going to continue to discuss it as if it's a feature-length film, but it is a 90s cartoon, so keep that in mind. Right, but yeah, so then they go to uh, Wilson Fisk's tower because he's working with Spidey Connors. Spidey Connors is lying to him and he's like, oh, this is a mind device to control people, even though he has literally destroyed all of New York. Right. There is no one left. New York is dead. The city of New York is dead. And for some reason, Wilson Fisk believes him. Yeah, and so they, they all go there and they try and get through like the building. Uh, I think Doc Ock Spider-Man gets like hit and teleported back into Madam Web's shop. Right. Well, that's what happens every time one of them gets hit. The Beyonder uh, teleports them back, and um, the 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 idea behind that is he's only got a limited number of a limited amount of power left. So that's our ticking clock, and and yeah. so uh, the forearm Spider-Man or eight-arm Spider-Man. I guess it's only six arms though. Even though it's he's got six arms. He's got three on each side. I guess he's got two legs, but the not only uh, whatever. Anyway, so he, he's an octopus, really. right? Well, no, 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 that would be eight. That would be eight if you count his legs. He's a crab man, basically. Right, exactly. And so he goes full on mutation and turns into an actual man spider. And then uh, our Peter Parker actually physically says out loud, "He's turning into a man spider," which just got a chuckle out of me. Uh, yeah, I would say that the man spider like image haunts my dreams to this day. It is. One of the most terrifying things that I could ever think of. You are absolutely correct. Um, and so then go, we go through a process of all of the Spider-Man getting beat up and the Beyonder teleporting them back to the Madam Web shop, the little, the little, <laughs> the little, web, little shop right. Um, and then after that goes on for a few minutes and, um, the 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 actor Spider-Man goes in to save the day and starts throwing some bombs at Man Spider. That's finally when the Beyonder says, "Oh yeah, I can totally just teleport the the, the Man Spider out of there and we'll be fine." But he uses the last bit of his power to do that after teleporting like three Spider-Men out of the building, whereas he could have just teleported Man Spider to begin with, which would have been the smart thing to do. I also I also just want to make a note. So they get Man Spider out of there. And powerless actor Spider-Man starts to try and disarm the device or whatever, right? And Carnage shoots a web out to him, and the web just kind of latches around him. And immediately, without missing a beat, Madam Web goes, We've lost it all! <laughs> right. And I, she just has zero faith in any of these men. Well, because why, why is that the one she's put her faith into? Why is he there? He has no right to be there. He's an actor. That's it. Why did he agree to go? Did the Beyonder just kidnap him? Or did he say, no, I want to be part of this. I'm going to fight for the multiverse. Did this? Did Leonardo DiCaprio look at the Beyonder when he told him the situation and say, you know what? Count me in because this is important and I want to be there to make sure that 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 the universe isn't destroyed. Or did he say, I'm young Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't have to do this. Like, what went on? How, how great would it be if he just 
accidentally teleported him and he just had to act like he meant to do it all along because he just right. he didn't want to refuse he just he, saw he, see him as an he just see him and bang like oh crap i've done it again <laughs> he just saw somebody in a spider-man suit in another universe and just teleported him anyway that that's, that's the most baffling the <laughs> that's the most baffling part to me is the fact that this actor spider-man is there like that doesn't make any sense everything else you could at least have a reason or rationality for that's the only thing that's solely there to just get Stanley a cameo in the end, which isn't a bad thing at right. all. Well, but they could have also just after Given the whole Stanley a cameo. Well, they could have just teleported Spider-Man to the dimension where he's a comic book character. Like that, you don't have to put in that there's an actor playing him on TV. Like that's not important, unless you wanted to get a cameo from like a like a Tobey Maguire or whatever. But that wasn't a thing yet, so it's like. Is this important? Is this needed? And and does it narratively make any sense? No, it doesn't. But anyway, back to um, the plot. <laughs> but yeah, so so basically they stop, they close down the portal so that the bomb isn't going to go into these other dimensions. Spider Carnage escapes into another dimension and they check the bomb and it has three seconds left. The bomb goes off uh, and we open our eyes and we're all back in Madam Web shop. Uh, all the Spider-Men and Kingpin. So I guess screw Alistair Smythe and the hundreds of henchmen that they just left in this building to die. Ah, they're henchmen. It doesn't matter. Plus all of, or, they, not to mention all of New York, right? Like this was supposedly a, a big bomb. It was supposed to destroy the entire multiverse as we speak. So New York is probably well, just new. Say like, oh, it's just going to destroy the building because we've taken a few wires out. <laughs> okay, no, that makes sense. Okay, got it. Yeah. So so following that, we find out that carnage has gone into the armored spider-man's reality and he's going to just do the same thing but there and this is the end of the first episode like the, well, the end of the first episode is them fighting man spider this is just the episode's just kind of everything happens in like 30 second increments <laughs> right it all just goes straight through <laughs> none of it yeah yeah okay okay i thought the the end of the first episode was earlier on but, okay, so so we go into the Armored Spider-Man's dimension where he is married to Gwen Stacy. And yes. I did want to make note of this because our Peter goes in and Gwen Stacy thinks that it's her Peter and starts kissing him. And then, um, and just says, oh, I like you're using the retro costume. Like, that's neat. That's that's They're about to honor him, give him the key to the city or whatever. Why didn't he in that moment say, hey, Gwen Stacy... I don't know who you are because I'm not your Peter Parker. I'm from another dimension. I have to go stop this guy who's about to blow up the entire multiverse as we speak. You would think she would be like, oh, okay, no, that makes sense. But instead, what he does is he just keeps trying to avoid everyone. Well, no, no, no. What he does is, I, I made special note of this. What he does is he sees that Mary Jane is a thing. Yes, and, I was getting there. If you don't know, if you don't know that the whole, I think, last few episodes like last 10 or 20 episodes uh mary jane's lost she's gone kidnapped cloned she disappears and he doesn't know where she is so he spent the last long time just looking for her and he sees this universe's version of mary jane and he like he runs over to her, he's like i love you and he starts hugging and kissing her as if this isn't a completely separate reality and where he already knows he like his version of spider-man has a fiance and mary he's smart enough to know that this is not his mary jane like he's smart yeah, enough to know that if there are five peter parkers six peter parkers that <laughs> that this is not his mary jane like why and he just goes up to her and starts like saying that and she's she's like i dude i have no idea who you are and it's yeah, literally no clue that's what she says she's like I don't, I don't know who you are and then gwen stacy comes in and is all mad and then she just forgets about it like two seconds later 
And then Spider-Man escapes because Wilson Fisk is his lawyer in this universe. Um, and so he escapes. And J. Jonah Jameson is his godfather. Right, for some reason. J. Jonah Jam- Right. Godfather, which is weird enough as on its own, because that, Im- but we don't, he's engaged. We don't see him with any children. So either Uncle Ben and Aunt May made J. Jonah Jameson adult Peter Parker's godfather, <laughs> or he's got a kid running around and he made Jonah his child's godfather. That's the implication there. One of those two. It, it's very strange. But yeah, so Kingpin like whisks him off and he's like, oh, I need to speak to him about some legal troubles. And he, then he just shoves him into a wall. He fisk him off? Um, but yeah, so he, he like sends off and he's like, Carnage and I have partnered up. He's going to give me the key to the city or whatever. And literally everyone keeps on trying to tell him, this man is covered in an alien skin and you believe him and everything he says. He looks absolutely insane. He's the most evil looking <laughs> he dude. He looks and sounds insane. He, he's the most evil looking dude I've ever seen in my life. He looks like if somebody ran Spider-Man through a blender and turned him into a horror movie villain from the 80s. And yet, for some reason, Fisk still believes him. Until Fisk just isn't going, oh, he's going to give me everything I want. It doesn't matter that everything he says is just a constant snarl. Right, and then what was I, I the, trust him with my life. What was the line that Spider Carnage said that made Fisk rethink the whole thing? Because there was like one thing that he said, and it was like, it was like we're going to destroy the universe or whatever, which could just be like, like if Fisk is already signed on to do this, like it, it it makes like it wasn't all that shocking of a of a thing but anyway Gwen Stacy comes in because she has some sort of scanner that can pick up Peter Parker's heartbeats somehow <laughs> so her Peter and herself have scanners that can track each other's heartbeat but which seems a bit stalkerish well it's just a precursor to uh Tasm 2 Gwen and Peter where they are real stalkerish but so so well, let's put that aside <laughs> And so she notices on her thing that there are two Peter Parker heartbeats. And instead of just thinking it's malfunctioning, she she goes to the room where the second heartbeat is because Spider like, Carnage oh, I realize that you're not my pizza. Spider Carnage is posing as the real Peter Parker and he's on stage giving this speech in his full Spider Carnage outfit and he looks like <laughs> He looks like an alien, and he sounds like an alien, and people are believing it for some reason. And so she comes in, and she rescues our Peter. Uh, and then a, a brawl breaks out at this Key to the City uh, event, and Spider-Man and Spider-Carnage start fighting. That's when Fisk turns on Spider-Carnage, and then they go to a rooftop somewhere. Well, no. So what happens is Spider-Carnage steals Gwen Stacy, and he's Got just it. like, okay, I'm just going to do this again on another rooftop. And so Spider-Man tries to track him down. And while he's doing it, he's like, I need to use my head. Uh, and then so he gets there. And I will admit that this part is probably one of my favorite Spider-Man moments. So he gets Absolutely. there. And he's this like, is... I know that there's a Peter Parker inside of you. And he just brings out Ben Parker. Because in this universe, Uncle Ben survived. Which makes sense. That that was brilliant writing. That, that really kind of brought... Oh, so had Uncle Ben not died, Peter Parker would have been a successful billionaire. Instead of... Uh, a loser who everyone hates. <laughs> thanks, Uncle Ben. Imaginable. Right. Th- thanks, Uncle Ben. Uh, and and so this genuinely one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man moments, specifically from this series, from what I've seen of it. 
uh, Uncle Ben comes out and he gives this super heartfelt speech to to Spider Carnage, and he starts breaking down and in tears or whatever, and he tries to take the symbiote off, uh, and he can't, even though he's done it before. He can't well, no, he's, I'll be fair. Like that, that's like the uh, he he can like the symbiote works with him. It's fine, but when you're actively trying to move it, he says something like it's too painful. Right, even though he did it with the Venom symbiote, and it was the same yeah, argument. The- he could do it again, but it's fine. It's fine. He just needed Spider-Man Peter to help him out. Right. Well, the other Peter helps none. Like, he doesn't help at all to try to get it off. And so then Spider-Carnage commits suicide because uh, he realizes the error of his ways. And so he blows himself up or something. He really looks like he transported himself to another dimension is oh, what it... They, 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 what they say is they say, um, oh, he's changed the portal yet again. Got and it. now, anything that gets sucked into it, it's basically just a black hole. And anything that goes into it ceases to exist. And so he tries to get the symbiote off, and he's like, I can't do it. So he just, he commits suicide yet again with the portal, but with himself. And like, it's really heartwarming, because our piece is like, I failed him again. And Ben Parker's like, nah, you did great. Let's go get a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he says. It's word for word what they said in this children's cartoon from the '90s. Um, yeah, he 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 comforts this Peter Parker, and they have like a big hug. And Ben says like, "I'll miss you, Peter," as if his Peter isn't going to come back in like thirty seconds. Well, I I would have to assume that he told Uncle Ben that that he was not his world's Peter. But in that case, if it's then why is he going to miss him? Because he just met him. It's been like fifteen minutes since he met this this guy. <laughs> In in context of the show, Pete's like, oh, I need to use my brain. And then 30 seconds later, he's there with Uncle Ben. So I can only assume he just picked him up off the street and he's telling him this for maybe three minutes. While, while they're he gets flying there. through the air, Uncle Ben's on, on the edge of cardiac arrest while they're <laughs> swinging in to, to talk to Spider Carnage. And then Uncle Ben, which admittedly, I understand it was Spider Carnage doing it, but it still looks just like his nephew Peter, who he raised watches his nephew commit suicide, turns to his other nephew who's there and says, it's okay. He made his choice. <laughs> Which... Which is weird, because, like, if... So if I, we're thinking way too much about this. If this Uncle Ben is going to miss this Peter because he has an emotional connection because it looks and sounds and is exactly the same as his actual nephew, surely but he would poor. feel that same way about the guy who just killed himself in right. front of him. Right, right. Well, that one was evil, and this new one's poor, so he feels bad for him. And I guess that's it. I don't. I don't know. But then it's it, weird. Like I say, all of this literally, everything kind of gets set up and then paid off within thirty seconds of everything happening. Which is something you have to do in, in this. When you've only got twenty minutes to show your show, like you, you kind of have to. But then they waste the next ten minutes by taking Spider-Man to um, the the universe. The real world. I don't think it's the real... I mean, it, it is the real world, but it's a different version of our real world. Um, it's a real world where superheroes don't actually exist. Right, superheroes don't actually exist, uh, and it's still cartoon, but there was a Spider-Man TV show going on, and there wasn't a Spider-Man TV show going on while they were doing this. So it wasn't the real world as much as it was an alternate version of our world. But anyway, essentially the real world. Stan Lee's there, and he wrote Spider-Man, and actor Spider-Man brings him to this world and introduces him to Stan Lee, and then him and Stan Lee go on a, on a little web-swinging adventure, and Stan Lee says something along the lines of, I've always wanted to go real web-swinging, and then they land on a roof, and Spider-Man says, well, time to leave, instead of learning more about the guy who created him. 
Um, oh, and not only that, he just leaves him on this roof. He just leaves him on the roof. Oh, maybe the Fantastic Four pick me up. Which was a great line. And then I'm pretty sure, yeah. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure Stanley curses in this scene. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I'll have to go back and watch. I don't want to make that claim without knowing it for certain, but I'm pretty sure I he does. I don't remember this. Um, and, then, and then he leaves, and then for some reason they give uh, Madam Webb and Peter go searching for the real Mary Jane. Uh, and for some reason, they give Madame Webb the Excelsior line instead of giving it to Stanley. Oh, she says uh, true believers. Right, that's it. That's what she says. She says, she says, it's come on, true believers. Which it's like you could have given that line to Stanley. Um, Stanley but, should just write up another Mary Jane, which would then cause her to exist. In that's Spider-Man what I was. Universe. I was gonna say. I thought that's what they were doing. Like I thought that was what they were gonna do because in my mind this was the series finale and it was planned that way. I didn't know the whole thing about the alternate whatever. So when I, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, well, what they're gonna do is they're gonna have Stanley like just write Mary Jane back into continuity and then Peter will be fine. Peter's just living in a simulation of Stanley's creation anyway, and so that's what I assumed they were doing, uh, but that's not what they did. Yeah, no. What 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 they would have ended up doing, which is. It was weird. They would have taken him to like the 19th century London, where Mary Jane had amnesia, and Carnage was Jack the Ripper, and there was like there was just so much to it. Yeah, it, it, it's weird to think that they were going to do another season just because, like, at the time, this feel this felt so just monumental in terms of what it was doing. Uh, it the thing that I can probably most closely compare it to is that one episode of Power Rangers that had every Red Ranger from every series. It's not the the one episode of Power Rangers where um, they cross over with the Ninja Turtles? Because that was the best episode of Power Rangers. Mm, I don't Ooh. know if I can agree with that. That may be, and we're going to discuss this on the show as opposed to off air like we should be. <laughs> that may be, not that episode specifically, but the full first season of that horrible, of Ninja Turtles, the next mu- mutation. That may be the next thing we watch. Maybe not the whole season. Maybe like the first episode or something. But we're going to watch it. I was just going to say that this is a cry for help. Please, please get me out of here. Well, if you want to know, if the people listening want to know why we're doing this, it's because I hate myself. And I continue to watch these horrible, horrible things. But I want to talk about them. Like, I gave Josh a a bone here and gave him a good one. But the, the original discussion for this was actually us watching James Bond Jr., the first, I wanted to do the first three episodes of James Bond Jr., um, and then, which, uh, if you don't know, good for you, but I can only find the first episode. You a good life until this moment. James Bond Jr. is not streaming anywhere, and I mean anywhere. You can't even, like, buy it on Amazon Prime. It's not in iTunes. It's nowhere to be found. The only thing you can do is order the box set DVD for, like, $80. Um, but there are a few episodes streaming on YouTube, specifically the first episode, so I'm probably going to make Josh watch that at some point. Uh, but I want to take him down with me. So as miserable as I can make his life, that's what we're doing here. Um, we're going to do good stuff, but we're also going to do bad stuff. And I'm really looking forward more so to the bad stuff than I am the good stuff. But yeah, all in all, would you recommend these two episodes to people to watch would you is this something that that you would recommend uh yeah yeah i think i would these are like so i watch these out of context uh which is probably bad because there's quite a bit of setup to it but these are really fun like they're just pure unbridled saturday morning cartoon 
injected into my veins. Just, like, you don't need to worry about plot lines, you don't need to worry about plot holes. You just turn your brain off and you watch Spider-Man fight the bad guy. I would say, I would recommend this. If you were going to watch maybe the whole season in context, maybe, I don't know where the starting point would be, but picking up with just these two episodes with no context as to what is going on probably isn't the best idea because they're they're good, fun episodes, and I agree with you that it is just fun Saturday morning cartoons, but it's also, it's, it's, it's not great on its own. It's really not. It just has its own thing. It's, it's... It's fine, uh, but it's a little jumbled, and and I think we're kind of spoiled because, or at least I I am because I'm not rec- well I'm I am recommending it if you want to watch the whole thing in context, um, but we're kind of spoiled even with like animation to where we live in a world where it's so smart like even even cartoons are so smart, um, and then this is just kind of it happens and then they defeat the bad guy and 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 it. It's okay. I'm changing my answer. It's worth watching for the one Uncle Ben scene, and the Stanley cameo. Those two things are worth watching. The rest of it, I could give or take. It was neat that this was a precursor to to Spider Verse and kind of inspired that. Um, so I will give it that. But ultimately, eh, I probably wouldn't. Outside of those two scenes, which almost make it worth watching, I don't know. I, I, I'm really. This is a really tough one to answer for me because I did have fun and I do love Spider Man. But just kind of all in all, it, it it's it's a bit lackluster, um, for what what would in my mind when I'm thinking Spider Verse, I think of what we've got now, and we've gotten such better Spider Verse stories since this, that this just kind of falls to the wayside for me. Okay, well here's here's my here's my ultimate answer. Don't just watch these two episodes. Binge watch this entire series over the course of like a weekend. Okay, yeah. Or maybe just this season. Maybe just this last season. Yeah, even even just like the last season. I I mean I when Disney Plus first launched it, this was the first thing I ever watched on it because it holds a good memory in my heart. But just this like this show in general is fantastic. It's pure Spider Man. You know, it's got the quips, it's got the highs, the lows, the fights. He doesn't actually punch anyone in this series from what I remember. Well, he all he does is like redirect people's punches and webs them. Well, but part of it though is if you take out your nostalgia for this series, do you still have that same opinion? Do you still hold that same opinion if you remove all nostalgia for this series? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. I I, I watch this. I, I'm basically I forgot most of it when I started, and so like rewatching it was like watching it for the first time, and it was just. Even, like, the animation style might be a bit dated depending on what you're used to, especially with sort of something like Spider Verse where. It's quite literally a work of art. Don't forget the uh, the CGI cities. <laughs> the CGI cities are my favorite part of this series because every time he's web swinging, uh, it's not like a hand drawn city. It, New York is all CGI, and then Spider Man is hand drawn, which is it's cool to see that early thing. the The first thing I watched when Disney Plus launched was I watched the first few episodes of X Men, the animated series, which I grew up with. That was my favorite as a kid, and it just the theme song held up, but the rest of the series did not really hold up. Um, I, that was the second thing I watched in Disney Plus. 
we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. We, we may do an episode on that. But all in all, I would recommend this for, for a few scenes. But th- there's some stuff you kind of have to push through. There's some stuff that's sort of dated in its storytelling and stuff. And With the mindset of this was kind of the first mass exposure that Spider-Man got. I wouldn't say that at all. Spider-Man's been the most profitable superhero of all time for like 30 years, Josh. People weren't going to watch the 70s series where he hits a wrench over people's heads. Well, they were in the 70s. Yeah, but those people, you know, that was, this was the 90s. They all hopped up on drugs. <laughs> they were hopped up on drugs, wearing their grunge, uh, their grunge clothing and listening to Nirvana. They were, um, they were punk rallies. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I would recommend it for sure. It, it's a great series. Go into it with a specific mindset, maybe. But, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend it. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next retro review. Yeah, me too, where we're going to watch something bad. We watched something good this time. we got to keep it alternating. All right, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Semi Pro. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, or Instagram, no matter where you're listening, want to thank you for listening to this. We will catch you on the next episode of Semi Pro.